Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week we have a very special crossover episode with our friends over at the Sidious Mag podcast. Uh, Chris Chavez was a co-host with me today, and our guest was Sam Parsons of Tin Man Elite and Adidas. Uh, Sam was in town running the BAA Elite Mile uh, the weekend before the marathon, and of course in town to spectate and, and cheer on all our marathon friends as well. Um, we had a great Great episode. Uh, For those of you that don't know Sam, he is a uh, really smart guy and fascinating character, and he has a lot of great takes on what running is and and what running should be. Uh, We told some silly, funny stories, um, and we tried our very best to embody both the spirit of Run Your Mouth and, and Chris's podcast as well. His podcast is also on iTunes, so you can subscribe to both of ours. The rest of Chris's work, along with many others, including our guest Sam, can be found at SidiousMag.com. Check those guys out if you haven't already. And until next time, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Millian. We have a very special episode this week. Uh, I don't know if we can officially call it a crossover. Yeah, totally. I'll put it on my feet. But co-host, guest host, uh, master of all things running content. You're hyping me. Chris Chavez is here. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I had some good sleep. I'm staying over at your place. I'm uh, staying in Lou's, Lou's room for now, but uh, Lou has moved good. into the track house. <laughs> he has. More or less. It's a so very busy weekend. Our guest this week is uh, an accomplished runner for uh, NC State and, and now um, Tin Man Elite, which we'll talk about in a little That's bit. Right. Uh, Sam Parsons, welcome to the pod. Thank you. I'm honored. How are you doing this week? I'm doing good. How are you liking Boston so far? It's dope. I, uh, this is such a fun weekend to be a part of and everything, so just to be a small part of it is so cool. How tired are you like right now? Because we're taping, what, maybe an hour or two after um, the mile, and you had a pretty good showing. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was fun. Um, Actually, not that I'm not that tired. It could um, be worse. The 5K was at 8 a.m. So <laughs> yeah, we were definitely counting our stars that we got to sleep in a bit this morning and get a good shake out and everything beforehand, and not have to like wake up at four o'clock. That was that was nice. Yeah, that's so you got to save that for Monday. You're yeah. you're running Boston, right? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that would be quite the double. The uh, elite mile on Saturday, Boston Marathon. We'll do the five k, then the mile, and then. Yeah, that's the true BA <laughs> distance medley. It's the whole thing. You got It's hard because you got to get into the mile. That's the real challenge. <laughs> Wait, so Sam, why did you do the mile as opposed to the five k? You're a guy who ran a ten k on the track in, in yeah. college, and so um, I guess like. And in indoors, you're running 3K, so you've mm-hmm. got some speed and you've got some range. So yeah. what's going on? Um, honestly, I think I said it before too. I think it's so important to get out of your comfort zone in this sport and like, you know, really try to get after something different. 
um, it's like a challenge to me and I need to like learn how to tactically be a better runner. That's something that like I know if I want to like continue in this sport for years to come, I need to win races. And I think milers are some of the best tactical racers. So I think that's something that I'm trying to hone in now. So, um, and training with Drew, I'm like PRing in practice for Christ's sake right now. So like I didn't touch the type of speed work in college that I'm doing now. So it's exciting and the training's going great with him. So I think it's the right time to tap into it. I've never gone sub four and I'm going to get to do an attempt at trick relays uh, coming up. So I'm really excited for that opportunity too. And as if, the, as if the mile wasn't tactical enough, you just throw in a couple of right turns. That's the yeah, right turns. Yeah, those, the those, right angles. Those short turns were surprising. I really wish, I mean, like experience on that course is definitely huge. I'm sure if Nick Willis was in it today, he would have just rolled over the field like he usually does. But those turns, it's it's so tactical. Like to just whatever, it's like Andy Truart, how he beat Justin Knight, you know, it's just so tactical. It's like, he just beat him on every turn and there's just nothing he could have done. And it's the same thing on the course today. It's like, if you win those turns, you're going to win the race. If you're, if you bound the turn first and you come off flying, there's no way anyone's catching you because everyone's going the same cadence at that point. So yeah, it was, it was a blast and it went by so fast. So yeah, definitely did. excited to hit a big five later in the season. Also, once I'm coming off this speed stuff, I did the uh, Scholastic Mile. Nice. Um, when I was in high school, as I say, Newton. Did you have that? Did you, did you have the full BA kit? Oh yeah, they got, <laughs> that was a big deal for me. Getting yeah. the, the the free shit when you're in like seventeen. Oh, you're like, I'm not telling Clearinghouse about yeah, that. <laughs> all those all those kids were swagged out. They had a, they had some shoes. A couple of those kids had shoes that I I don't even have. Like, I saw one kid wearing the sub twos, and I was like, what? Like, they're getting those. <laughs> how, are they wow. hook, how are they hooking them with this? It's impressive. But, yeah, no, that I, that was uh, an education to be sure. Ran about 20 seconds slower than you guys did tonight. <laughs> but, um, that was, I remember I got, actually, they were, like, blue and yellow, like, bright blue, bright yellow, yeah, yeah. color running tights. Yeah, it's pretty unique, for sure. And I wore them on, like, uh... I guess it wasn't a recruiting visit because it was too late, but I wore them on a visit to one of the schools I'd gone into as a senior, and, like, I, it was a good first impression. Like, they gave me a lot of shit for that on yeah. the visit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's so cool to be a part of this whole thing. Like, I didn't even think I was even going to be running, honestly, at this point uh, anymore. So just to be a part of the Boston Marathon weekend is so, so awesome. Hell yeah. Ripe old age of 23. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just, I just never took it that seriously in college. Like I worked my ass off, don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, I had a lot of fun in college. I had more fun than I think most division one athletes have in college. And I made it very clear that there's no way I was ever going to like sacrifice that to like truly get the best out of myself. Like happiness was always number one priority. And like, I always never wanted to take the sport that seriously to the point where I was going to sacrifice my happiness. And I made that decision and, uh, definitely, definitely hurt me at times in college, but it's, it's pretty crazy to be going all in now and how that changed from graduating to going to Europe to having like a mental realization that this is something that I actually care about more than just like a happiness standpoint. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's special. It's special to be here. But you're it's not tr- you're not trying to like shed like the 
I know you, you're a guy who, I guess, like professional, fellow professionals, I guess, people who ran with you in college know you like to have a good time. That's not something you want to shed, though, like totally right. as a professional. Yeah. But is there a point kind of like where, I guess, now being out in Colorado, you've got mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility of being out there on your own, you know, that you're making this sacrifice to go out and like train and just kind of improve, kind of also even taken like Drew under your wing. Right. Like, is there a little bit of a maturity that has happened since you, I guess, turned pro? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, so like basically like the story and like the quick way, like the quick way to say it was like I graduated, I went to Europe, I traveled all over the place for four months. And then I like met, I like met Drew when I was in Europe and like watched him and Graham Crawford and Andrew Colley and a bunch of my friends racing the Europe circuit in Belgium. And I was like, man, this is, this is so cool. Like, I want to be a part of that. And after that, I just reached out to Adidas and basically just poured my heart out like to every person I knew because I was lucky enough to do an internship at, uh, when I was in college. So I had met a lot of people and I just reached out to everyone I knew. And I was just like, if you give me an opportunity, I will pour my heart out in this sport and give it my all. And so I have a debt to them for helping me out now. And yeah, honestly, Drew's taken me under his wing more so than I've taken him under my wing. Like I've learned so much from that kid. He's wise beyond his years. So yeah, it's been great. So I, I, de- I definitely take it more seriously and I'm more consistent than I ever have because of my seriousness now. <laughs> I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Understanding that statutory limitations and, and your professional career are still very much in play. What was the stupidest thing you did in college? Oh, jeez. Um, it's fascinating to me because, like, all the, as, as you think about it, uh, just, like, there's so many secondhand stories you hear about, like, guys who... Oh, do you, you know, want to tell us what the stupidest no, thing is? I don't, I don't, no, I don't know. Sam's second... I haven't heard too many secondhand stories about Sam, but, like, there's other, like, names that it's, like, for running fans, like, if they knew, like, what some of these NCAA finalists did in, like, Eugene... Oh, like, my god, It's just, like, it's crazy. If you but go into... The, there's oh, books that can be written. Names, Chris. I, this is I've not a podcast where we fuck around. <laughs> at NCAAs, I, I remember seeing pro runners at the Olympic trials, like in the bathroom doing who knows what. It's there, there, there's such an underbelly in this sport that is unspoken. But the one man, I <laughs> um, so post, so like, like any NCAA program, like you're very serious during the season, and then after nationals is usually like one of the biggest parts of the year, it's like post nationals. and Oh, my mom's going to be so upset I'm telling this story. Um, that is what this podcast is for. I can't speak for Sidious, but Run Your Mouth is all about making moms embarrassed. So, so I was, um, I might leave some details out just for our viewers' sake. Um, so like I, I like went to bed early, um, not by myself, um, and we were together in my room, me and, me and this girl, and my teammates, my teammates um, knew that I was in there and they thought it was fairly funny that I had just gotten back that night from nationals. Not, that was the one year I made it alone. So it was like the post nationals party, like for me and the girls team. Um, so it was, it was pretty funny. And the guys were just like, mess- were, you, were you in bed with a girl or with the girls team? <laughs> uh, with, with a girl. Two very with different questions. <laughs> and, um, and then the guys started setting off fireworks and doing all this stuff outside of my room. And like, obviously that, that didn't make me too happy. And then 
they like kept, they, they thought it was so funny to mess with me. I mean, there was such a great relationship with all the guys at NC State's team. So this was all out of love. But then basically, long story short, they eventually like got onto the roof of my house, started banging on the windows um, of my room because I had like the front room of the house and the window shattered and I like jumped out of bed. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I had any clothes on to be quite honest at this point. And I stuck my entire body, like my waist, like out this window and then like yelling at them, like, yo, get out of here. Getting like, like just, just yelling obscenities at them. And as I went back in from the window, I like sliced my arm, oh, no. like my entire, like you can still see the scar. I'm so right there. glad you said arm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like sliced my arm. And as I was like walking to the bed, um, the girl was just like, Sam, oh my gosh, like your arm. And I like looked down and my entire arm is just red, just streaming blood. And I got rushed to the hospital. Yeah, it could have been an arm. So like, it was just, yeah, no. And that's what they told me too. They were like, and it was so, it, it was such, yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> it was so stupid. Like, like so, we found like some sober person driving to the hospital. It was, it was a night to forget for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the scar. You can't forget. Yeah. Yeah. I made sure not to like heal it. So I always have like my college, like I got this in college. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, don't tell Drew that story. <laughs> no, we no, as a nation We got to keep him, him so. focused. <laughs> I'm sure he has no trouble on his own. No, he seems like a good kid. <laughs> yeah, he is. It's it's so funny that Drew Drew constantly tries to get, like, college stories and, like, anything out of me just because, like, he didn't get that experience. So, like, he thinks everything is, like, awesome. It's like, dude, you drank a beer that night? You played <laughs> beer pong? Flip cup? You went to a tailgate that is epic. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> so wow. he, he lives vicariously through like my past life. So I was gonna say, what's he doing later? Nice. You wanna come over to class? <laughs> is he 21? I don't even know. Drew's Drew Drew Drew's getting ready to lose in a race for to me tonight, so he's he's taking a nap right now probably. Alright, well when you guys finish that up, uh, I'll I'll show Drew the, the true college experience. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, of course not all of the agents and coaches listening, but that, I mean, he's going to get, uh, you know, he's going to do some coursework yeah. and he's going yeah. to, uh, you know, just do some core and go, yeah. go to bed early. Exactly. Uh, how did Tin Man start? Um, so like, like I said before, like when we were in Europe together, um, I like met him and he had never trained with anyone before. So that's kind of, well, it started with the coach, coach Tom Schwartz, Tin Man, um, and, uh, does Let's Run username, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom is like the best person to have in your corner. Like he's, he's like the best pure coach I've ever had as far as like telling us like how to do strides, how he wants our form. Like he literally taught us how to start a race. Like I never knew how to start a race. Like he totally, he's so smart, but yeah, he definitely, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. You should lay off the message boards a little bit. But <laughs> he's 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 the man. But so it started basically with Morgan Pearson and Drew Hunter were the first two tin men being coached by Tom, and then um, I basically had a dream of like starting a group with just with like a group of guys. Like I want to give back to the sport as much as I can, and this opportunity presented itself, and we just started forming, and we had more guys with Reed Fisher and Tyler Mueller joining. Also, well, Reed actually joined before I did. So it was honestly a lot of luck. 
as far as like getting great talented guys to like pass up opportunities at other groups to take a chance and start something new. I mean, we have so much swagger and confidence that is all exuded from start, which starts at Drew, to be quite honest, um, that we just have so much faith in each other. So it's only something exciting and we really hope that Adidas will hopefully come in and sponsor our whole group and we'll bring in more guys soon. But Tin Man is just just starting now, hopefully on the rise. However, staying true to your roots, uh, for the listeners that don't know, Tin Man Elite won club cross-country nationals in yeah. December. And their <laughs> team warm-ups, shall we say, as it were, <laughs> were, were like white Hanes t-shirts yeah. with Tin Man Elite <laughs> handwritten on them. Yeah. So my stipulation <laughs> is that if Adidas is sponsoring you guys, yeah. I want like a like you know a tech fabric kit. Yeah. Adidas shirt, but still with the handwritten <laughs> yeah. style. Like. Yeah, that was that was Morgan's idea. Morgan is a really um, uh, how should I say ambitious guy. <laughs> um, he 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 has so much swagger. Morgan um, introduced himself to me as Morgan Pearson. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm David. He goes, hi, I'm Morgan Pearson. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say Morgan Heartthrob Pearson or something like that. He's, uh, I channel so much swagger from him. He's the, he's the man, but he was the mastermind behind those t-shirts and we literally just drew him up and we were like, this is, this is sweet. Like we don't have any sponsor like for our group or anything. So that was pretty exciting to get in there. And just, like I said before, we have so much confidence in ourselves and it's such an important thing in this sport to like believe in ourselves and believe in your teammates and stuff. So, and that's what we have among our team. Uh, and we just went to club cross, just literally our, like, there was not a shed of doubt that we were not going to win that race. Just with the talk, with our training, we just were like, we're going to get in there. We're going to get to the front and stay there. And that's exactly what we did. So it was, that, that was an exciting way to kick off the program or at least shed it to the public. Oh yeah. What's the overall feel, I guess, for the group? Is it kind of like we're all blue collar guys except for Drew because he's got like the, ten, <laughs> the, the cushy tenure. The tenure, <laughs> yeah, luscious, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of us have a chip on our shoulders for sure. Like um, you all hate Drew. Yeah, 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 yeah. We just the we homeowner did. of the group. We did. We he did. pays for dinner every time you're out. Yeah. Well, the, the when we first when we first came out to Colorado, like Drew is a great cook, so like we like drew would cook for us all the time. And I was like, wow, like this is sweet. Like I'm not paying for any dinners right now. And then drew bought a house and all of a sudden he was like, Oh shit. Like I don't have any money all of a sudden. So he's like, guys, you guys got to start like cooking your own dinners. Like I don't have time for this uh, or money for this anymore. It's a, it's a very nice house. So we're, we're living pretty lavish in Boulder compared to the normal, I guess, college track house lifestyle. But for sure, Tim meant we for sure embody like, getting out there, being tough, getting out front, pushing the pace, um, being gritty. Um, it's just words we live by. So yeah, it's definitely an embodiment of us. And that's Boulder in general. You're not going to come, you don't go to Boulder, Colorado to like run easy. Like Boulder is hard. Like Boulder is windy all the time. Um, you're fighting on back stretches and turns on the track. Like you're working up hills at Mags or Gold Hill or something, but yeah, that's for sure what we try to embody every day with the Tin Men. Yeah, what are the Strava segment course records like? Uh, that's that is all <laughs> Reed. Every, everyone's on, everyone's a pro, so no one's on Strava. Yeah, that's, the... that's all Reed Fisher. If you, if if anyone wants to know what the Tin Men are doing, just just follow Reed Fisher <laughs> on Strava. Uh, he is he's a Strava loyalist for sure. I always I always worry about like some of the like the cute girls that are on Strava. <laughs> like, I'm always like someone's gonna like come to figure out where she lives based on. Like, just, like, Strava data <laughs> oh, and geez. Stalker. It's, like, it's 
I refuse to be on Strava because yeah, I do not either. need the whole Boston community to be the. I don't know how Boulder is. Yeah. But like the Boston microscope. Boston man. Strava is just like. 200 guys measuring their dicks against each other <laughs> at all times and it's yeah. like infuriating to say the least yeah we run too i run too slow like like drew and i like we just run too slow on a daily basis that it'd be like embarrassing to be on trial and be like oh another 730 pace run <laughs> like he'd be like wow how do these guys run so fast but that's bad that's badass though it's like you see yeah. it's the kenyan way you know yeah like the absolutely. eight minute miles that's- no we 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 for sure hone in the easy days and it's resulted in such consistent training and workouts and racing. Like our coach guarantees that we're going to get going to every race feeling good. Like we don't taper for races at all, but it's just a constant rolling workout plan. So it's, it's good. I feel like, uh, you guys are like the first kind of like in a while, big group to like Mm -hmm. all be based in Boulder young Mm -hmm. guys at least. So is there any sort of like turf battle between like the Colorado guys (laughs) who's like, we run these streets and yeah. then you guys have come in and all yeah, of a sudden for like sure. you're training on the I was going to say, first group, I don't know how Joe Bossart's going to feel about that. No, yeah, but it, young guys, <laughs> we got, we got mad day. love for the boss, <laughs> with the boss, with the boss man. Um, yeah, there's def- Boulder's definitely, uh, Boulder's a great place. There, there's a ton of groups there and uh, there's definitely, like after Club Cross when we won, there was definitely some bad blood, I think, right after the race because like, People thought we just like assembled our group out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Out of like bringing the ringers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, no, it's it's all it's all friendly. We fight over like track time sometimes, like just because there's like hours and stuff. You got to get on certain tracks, but it's all it's all love in the running community. Yeah. What's the craziest workout you've seen from like someone else? Oh, easy. Anything Parker Stenson has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Follow that man. Follow that lion on uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, Parker crushes. Um, yeah, he does these like crazy hill climbs and stuff that are just out of this world. I I want to. I really want to hit a long run with him and just like sell my soul on the run to like hang on like at mags or something. Uh, I got to do one mags long run with him and it was we de- the pace was I think right at like six minute pace for the sixteen miles. So at mags at. 8,000 feet. That's, that's, that's no joke. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking I've run mags at like seven minute pace and that was not fun. So yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. That's uh, what was, how, so you've met a lot of these guys th- this past couple months, right? So you've met, you've In never, Boulder? Yeah. Yeah. N- yeah. I, I'm, I'm a pretty social person. Um, so I definitely meet people and like become like close friends with them pretty quickly. What was your um, first impression of Parker? Oh, well, actually, oh, jeez. Um, my, so in 2013, I came out to Boulder, Colorado. He's going to love, he's going to love that I'm telling this story. Um, and a lot of my friends who trolled me for it so hard. So like I came out to train in 2013 in Colorado in Boulder with like Craig and like a bunch of other NC State guys video coming out soon. I found all the footage on my GoPro. So wow. I just have to get, maybe I'll get Kyle to edit it. Um, get get the Kittyus intern on it. Yeah, Kittyus, Kittyus, not Sidious. <laughs> Kerr shout, shout out. That's that's how I knew I liked Fobble. Just I listened to his episode. And he um, called it Kittyus. The podcast, yeah. and he called it Kittyus. I was like, he took Latin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I totally lost my train of thought there. Your footage. Oh yeah, so like we like crushed a long run in Ronsville, and like me at the time, that that was like the summer where I was like a high school runner, like trying to like run in college, and that summer transformed me 
into like a college runner actually competing in college. But I like crushed this long run with Parker and uh, I just like picked his brain and everything. And I like asked for a picture of him afterwards. Um, because he was like the best 10K runner um, in the NCAA at the time. So I was like, this is so sick that I just crushed this long run with him for this whole time. I was even, I was at 10,000 feet in Rollinsville, one of the best long runs in the world. Um, and like I posted a picture on my Instagram, like rave run with P. Stinney, um, like a picture of me and him, like young Parsoni with Parker up there. And uh, I just, I just got so much shit for it for like fanboying and stuff and like, from like the NC State guys, like the older NC State guys, like just trolled me so hard for it. So I eventually <laughs> deleted it. And then uh, like when I came to Colorado and I like was with Parker, uh, he like, he was like, dude, where's the picture, bro? <laughs> so it was just like a lose-lose for me there. <laughs> everyone, everyone has a little bit of a fanboy in them. We just got to, yeah, of course. I, of course. I, when I first moved to Boston, I was out mm-hmm. one night, I think it was out, I can't remember what meet it was after, but Kaz was in town and I never met him before and like, Kaz is a handsome guy, <laughs> and so I like met him and like was, you know he's like hi I'm Kaz I'm like, ah, <laughs> it was not a good look. Shabbos, who's the who's the person you fanboyed over the most? Uh, I don't know. It's like you met them all, so you gotta. It's a tough. I remember because like when I went out to Europe when I was uh, interning for Flow Track in 2013. Uh, my goal that summer was like, oh, you're going to go to the Europe circuit. So it's like, why don't you go out there? And like, I wanted to get a photo with Usain Bolt. And like, that was the big thing. He doesn't, barely comes ever to the States. So I remember I was like, that was my mission the entire time. And so I saw him at a press conference, didn't have like one-on-one access to him. And then there was another point where it's like another press conference. It was never, this guy was never going to be one-on-one with me. And so then I like, there was the London Diamond League and he runs his race. There's a whole like media crowd and they're all like bunched up and I was like kind of like to the back of like the whole like scrum and I was like there's no way like I'm gonna see this guy like I'm gonna not be able to get a question every time like I try to ask a question because like oh it's Usain Bolt like I'll get to ask something and the first ever time I did it I spit out like 10 words and it wasn't even like a sentence but he just like somehow made it out to be a sentence and gave me an answer (laughs) so this time around in London I'm just like standing around I gave up I was like all right well I asked him a couple questions and he comes around, he just plants himself, like, right in front of me. And then, like, the whole scrum just moves around me. And, like, I'm just surrounded by, like, these recorders. And he just kind of, like, says, oh, sup, youngin'? And I was like, what? Because <laughs> he recognized me from, like, the two previous press conferences because I was being this eager beaver just raising my hand <laughs> super fast to get the first question in every time. And uh, this time around, he was right in front of me. So I asked him a question again. I don't think I was first that time. Uh, but then... Like, all of a sudden, like, he's taking more questions, and I'm looking out, and you could the stands were still, like, to my right, and I see, like, fans are taking pictures, because they could creep over and, like, snap, snipe photos, so I was like, this is my chance, like, I'm gonna get a photo, so I'm just, like, standing there with my recorder out, just smiling, and just, like, it's like, this is gonna be a profile picture, but I just need to get to, like, one of those cameras. <laughs> That's a true pro, is you yeah. know when the content is happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, exactly, so I just, like... As soon as, like, he started walking away, I run over to, like, where the, the fans were, and I was like, hey, you! I was like, you have a camera. I saw you taking a picture of you, Sam Bolt. I'm like, you're not in trouble. I want that photo. And he was, <laughs> yeah. like, he was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And he's like, just give me, give me your email. And I was like, no, 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 give me your email, because I'm like, I know for a fact you're not going to send me these photos. Yeah. And so then he... Wow, uh, that's a true pro right there. Yeah, I, I was I so hoping you were going to say that 
the track girls, Genevieve McKay's, Manny Perkins, and Corey. That was my first ever memory <laughs> of you, Chris. Was like, I remember seeing a picture of you with like oh, the three blonde man. girls, and I was like, who the who the heck is this kid yeah. with these girls right now? Like, no, there's the, what what is this? Yeah, What's happening? That was yeah, that was 2013, the same summer. Like I got to know them pretty well, and so then actually this there is a photo of me. And I guess it's at Stanford Invitational. I think it's the last ever meet, outdoor meet I covered with Flow Track. Um, there's a photo of uh, Jen Lacaz and Corey McGee kissing me on the cheek, like one nice. on each cheek. And so that was because I had a I had a bet to settle with like a friend of mine. Well, sure, sure. No, 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 for sure. Is that what you told them? Yeah, one of the Marquette guys. I got a bet to settle. No, there was a Marquette guy on the team who like. Uh, Bet me like a hundred bucks that I was uh, that I wouldn't be able to get that photo, and I was like, I was like, this is an easy hundred bucks to make. Yeah. Like I know. Jen, Jen, my friend told me that you had <laughs> yeah. to kiss. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I swear that's my, the story. My hands I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the grave. Yeah. Her so, uh, her Instagram stories are so like we have Ta- Tyler Mueller. He's like the the veteran on intent in Tin Man Elite, and he uh, he he does the best impressions of like everyone. You gotta have him, have him on the pod, just like j- like just for Frank Caliando like esque impressions. Wow. But like with with, with Jen McKay's, he's like, "Come on, Ryan! Come on, Ryan!" Just like all of Instagram <laughs> stories, just like, "Come on, Jody! Come on, Jody!" It's so funny, it kills us. Oh, I was gonna say, if you're talking about uh, a little uh, fun parody, yeah. check out Tommy Curtin's hashtag Trap Girls. Oh yeah, <laughs> love that. It's, it's love always that. a great a great time. You for gotta everybody. you gotta love some casual Instagram trolling. You, you, you can't take it too seriously, you know? Oh, yeah. That's the that's the key is just, well, I, I, don't, I can't remember if I told this on the New Balance podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this might have to get cut out, but I always think the funny, a funny parody Instagram would be uh, at not Corey McGee. Which is just me reenacting Corey's oh, Instagram yeah. posts. <laughs> you have to do that. You gotta, you gotta get that fierce, fierce look down. Like she's always like spacing out, but she still somehow. She like brings the, the content to the next face. level, but I just yeah. think for some reason I don't know what it is. I just feel like I wouldn't quite have the same fan base that she does. I don't know why. <laughs> you got, you gotta follow her in Tin Man well, for sure. I love the first impressions question. There was, a, there was a name you dropped in there oh so subtly that we all. Almost missed it, but oh no! What were your first impressions of Craig? Ingles? Yeah. Oh man. Um, so Craig was my roommate in college for my first two and a half years. Um, I think it's the impression that everyone has on Craig. He's just like this crazy kid, and I grew up in like a really conservative place. So like when I like first moved in with this kid in our dorms, it was like just like mayhem right away. <laughs> like we got written up seven times my freshman year for all, that's, on, that's honestly the story I should have told. Is like a story, like we made like a slip and slide outside of our dorms and got written up. Like we would, like, like I remember one night when I had mono, like he like comes running back from our dorm, like after fire extinguishing, like, t- like emptying a fire extinguisher out in our roommate's like dorm. And like, if you guys ever sprayed a fire extinguisher, it is awful. Like it is dust particles like everywhere, like ruin their TVs, laptops. And like, yeah, he, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. He's, he's a crazy, crazy kid. I have a lot of stories that I'll tell about Craig maybe after the podcast is over. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I love the kid and it, it, it crushed me when he left for Ole Miss. It crushed me. I'll never forget that. Uh, like when he told me that he was actually leaving, I was like, he's Craig and I were like, irreparable like like it was Craig and I like every party everything any shenanigan it was me and him like 
we very quickly were hated by like all the upperclassmen because we just like were the classic freshmen coming in like thinking we're like way better than we are um, and like talking big game and everything so it is pretty cool that we're both like running at this next level now like after like talking so much crap like so early on and now being here it's it's cool. <laughs> what do you think a conversation is like between uh, Craig and Galen Rupp like right now? Because it's like you cannot think of two <laughs> more different people. Yeah. So, so like, quickly, the funny, like, so I, I was with Craig in, like, before I raced, like, a Seattle race. And, like, we were warming up. It was, like, Clay and Craig and I. And uh, so, like, like I said, I run very slow now. So, like, um, we're, like, running and together and uh, Galen just, like, flew by like and this is warm up with like uh who's the, who's the guy who joined uh or your project Kajelcha? yeah get that guy is crazy too like if you see him in person it's like this dude was made out of a test tube to like run around a track <laughs> like 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 he is the a, a specimen for running but Craig was like hey Gail, like have a good one like and he's like and that was it like, <laughs> I, I so would probably that. that I imagine that there is somewhere I don't know if it's like a group text or what but it's just no like way. Alberto no trying way. to give like sincere advice and just Craig just fucking with him yeah, yeah. all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah Craig just, well I always, oh, I always yeah. say like I don't want to like you know dox anyone but wh- whoever's agent is whoever's Craig's agent that's clearly has done an excellent job in negotiating his social media requirements. Gotcha. Because to this day, Craig, his bo- Twitter bio does not say Nike athlete. It does yeah. not say <laughs> NC State graduate. It does not say Nike Oregon project. doesn't follow more than 10 people, I think. Yeah. His, I think his Twitter bio in its entirety is five twos is the same as one ten. It's amazing. Way to go. Way to go, Craig. And I, and I just, I have a, I have a weird level of respect. As much as, see, I he's so unique. He's so unique. I feel like I everything about the way the person that I am is like conditioned to be like that guy's horrible. Yeah. And then I watch (laughs) I watch an interview with him and I'm like, so innocent. Damn if he isn't charming as hell. See, that's it. That's the thing about Craig though is like he is he is like so he he has such a good heart and he's so genuine. You know what I mean? Like he comes off like really strong and like goofy and stuff but like once you get to know him he's like like we would pella talk like every night like freshman year in college like could be a great podcast sort of thing yeah <laughs> pella talk with craig pella talks oh i just i know like if if and when he ever came on run your mouth it, it would be a great episode yeah three please, hours please and tell me someone so- at nike would have me murdered afterwards <laughs> please tell me so i can give you like filler questions like what happened the night where you decided to sneak into march 19th 2013 let's talk about it yeah exactly i will say i speaking of first impressions i don't i don't think you know this but i have two great first impressions of sam of me? I, yes, that I need oh, to wow. share on the air. Let's do just it. clear everything. <laughs> um, I had, well, first of all, I think my actual first impression is the Sidious article that you okay. wrote. And I was like, this dude gets it. Like, yeah. I, it was like, I could have written it myself. Just Thank like you. the, you know, go back in the archives. That was years ago now. And check that one out just about like being on a team, bonding yeah. with, with a bunch of guys and, and learning to love the sport. Yeah. But I was cheering for. Who was it? I can't remember who it was. I was at NCAA's and I was cheering for someone who maybe it was Aubrey and the Steepler or something like that. Okay. And the person next to me was like, 
um, how do you, like, how do you know, blah, 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 I think it was Aubrey, he was like, how do you know Aubrey? And I was like, oh, I, like, steepled with him, she's like, oh, he went to college with my son. Hmm. And I was like, oh, who's your son? And she's like, Sam Parsons. What? <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> your son wrote a great article for Sidious. Oh. Like, so me and your mom are besties now. <laughs> oh, my, my mom um, is my best friend, too. She's, she's dope. Yeah, and then I also like that you start, you clapped along with a long jumper during the oh 10 my gosh. I appreciated that as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. And that was, the, uh, you, the, you kind of have fun with it, man. The last first impression I'll give, and, and I believe it is still on the internet somewhere, oh, so boy. listeners go find it. Oh no! Is I think I was like scrolling through my Discover feed, summer of whatever year that was, twenty sixteen, okay. and I was like, "Whose ass is that?" Yeah. <laughs> and there's a great picture of Sam's butt in somewhere in Europe. Where was that? Oh jeez, yeah. yeah, that was that was up on a mountain in Austria. I got stranded up there. There's 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 a, there's quite the story behind that. Um, Let's hear it. <laughs> oh man. Um, Sam's regretting coming on this geez, He's like, I um, thought I was going to talk to Chris about training. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> uh, um, I like did a hike in Austria with, with like one of my best friends and like long story short, we got like, str- like there's thunderstorms that come in and out in Austria and we like ended up getting stranded in like a hutta, uh, which is basically like a hostel up on a mountain. And it, uh, like, and they're all across the Alps. Like I slept in them all the time over the summer. And like, we just met like these, <laughs> we like met these like three, like, w- like Austrian woman hikers. And we ended up just like drinking with them, like all night schnapps, like, like as it's thunderstorming outside and then like the storm passed. And then we ended up like going skinny dipping with them, uh, in this like lake. And then like the next morning I was like, oh man, like I, I got to get a picture of me in front of this lake. And like I said before, like I try not to take my Instagram too seriously with like running stuff and everything. I wasn't so. Complaining. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's, I guess that's the origin of the pictures. <laughs> when I was, I guess like following, I guess your Instagram stories and stuff from Europe, mm-hmm. I, there was a point where I was like, there's no way this guy's running like after yeah. this. So right. it's like, was there, you, cause you mentioned like how afterwards you saw how life was for like Drew and these guys being yeah. serious for you. Did you, what, I, was it that moment that was just like, I, all right, up, I can up, get my, up on the mountain or <laughs> maybe <laughs> that it's like, I got to get my act together. When, when did that happen? Um, it was when it was after like a very long weekend in Barcelona where like, I didn't even see Barcelona because it was just like napping all day and then just going out all night with like these Australians that I met on my travels um uh who I, I actually ended up following these Australians for like a month just because I wasn't with anyone and I was like by myself I like went alone with like a couple t-shirts um but um I remember when I got back to Germany um where like my family's from like I am German um and I, I remember just thinking like uh, like, I don't want to start working now. Like, I don't want to, this, this is like my rebellion in sort is like, I grew up in a very conservative place where it's like, you do this, you go to good, good college, you like work hard and then you get a job and do this and everything. And I was just like, really, I spent a lot of time like meditating and reflecting and stuff like that. Um, and I just really figured out, like I spent a lot people, people today, like millennials in general, 
uh, like don't spend a lot of time like reflecting. And like, that's why running is such a beautiful thing is because like we do get time to reflect where you get to like talk to someone one-on-one without any distractions. It's like a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and I remember like going for, can I pull that as the tagline for this? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, and I remember running and just like going on a run after not running for months and just like, if there's anything I, if there's anything close to running high, I found it that day because I had just been goofing off for months and then I went for a run and I just like was smiling ear to ear and I was like, holy crap, like there's something here. Like this brings me happiness, like genuine, genuine happiness. And that's what's most important in life. And I was like, if I have an opportunity to do this, I'm going to do it. So here I am now. Are you a believer in fate? hundred percent. Huge, huge believer in fate. Every person I met during my travels in Europe, who I talked to, um, who I still talk to, uh, every person that's come into my life, as far as my high school coach who taught me how to dream, uh, Raleigh Geiger who taught me how to be a great runner, how to who developed me into the runner I am now, to like the meeting Drew in Europe and Belgium. I mean, it, you can't you can't write that, you can't make that up. You know what I mean? Like that was all that was all fate for sure. I'm I'm such a believer in that. Clearly it's working out well so far. Thank you, yeah. It's, it's been exciting for sure just to get these opportunities. So you, you've been talking a lot about not just the piece on running, but, but in racing too, and the role that mindfulness plays in that. Um, how have you channeled those, those newly found skills? Into- yeah, I think um, people train so much their bodies. Like they push, they push, they crush long runs, they do all this stuff. And you don't realize how much your mind plays a part of the sport. I mean, it is, I mean, how much is, uh, like your mind part of it? You know what I mean? Like how much are you battling your mind when you're running, you know? So I spent so I, I spent a lot of time now meditating in steam rooms and saunas and stuff and meditating up on a mountain in Colorado. So, and just like, just focusing and just telling yourself that your body's in a good place, that you're healthy, that just being being grateful for the run you did that day, just grounding yourself and telling yourself that uh, what you're doing is like a good thing and things like that. And just, you know, it's, it's a lot of positive talk to yourself and it's because of those things that you, the reason I get to go to the starting line and I will always like smile and be happy just cause like I know I'm in a good place and it's like a Craig Mottram thing uh, or Moran Simon thing, like whoever you want to give credit to, like Craig and I say, yeah. Uh, Craig and I like, or sorry, Drew and I, um, say it all the time. It's like, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. And it's like, that's kind of the whole basis of the meditation is that it's like, um, I'm still trying to get the other 10 men to start meditating with me more, but, um, yeah, it's, yeah, you got it. You got to tell yourself, this is, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to be doing. I have a slightly more pessimistic view on that, which is that (laughs) I always say, being a runner is the second worst thing you can be sure. after not being a runner. Yeah. <laughs> as much as it's horrible sometimes, it's also infinitely better on your worst yeah, day absolutely. than not being a runner. Absolutely. I'm still hung up on the fact. Does Drew have a sauna in his place? No. No, 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 no. no maybe, maybe, maybe. So when I first you moved... You didn't buy a house. You bought a sauna and put furniture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I first moved out of Colorado, I was up in an Airbnb up on like a mountain, like straight Quentin Cassidy, once a runner-esque. There's one runner fanboy coming out again um where I like and I had my own hot tub and sauna in like my 
in my house, like in this Airbnb that I was renting out for so cheap, like crazy connection. Um, so that was, that was a pretty sweet setup that I had when I first came out there. And then Drew bought a house at 20 years old. <laughs> uh, so I moved in. Cool. Uh, I buy a lot of Chipotle. That's the <laughs> nice. same thing, right? Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> I live in New York, so it's like, I, I, well, I'm in the process of looking at places, but I know it's like, it's a lot. Shot. You're paying it's, Drew's mortgage <laughs> rent, is, is what you're saying. It is, it is <laughs> pretty it was, much. It was so funny, and it's still so funny when we like see our neighbors, because it's like, it's like an upper class neighborhood that we live in. And like when we were like moving in and stuff, people would like come up and introduce themselves, and they were like waiting to like meet our parents and stuff. They're like, where, where are your parents? Like, and they, when they we like realized that like one of us like bought it, they were just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> like I've been working, I've been working for this, like, to, like to get this house in like Boulder, like it's, which is a very expensive place to live and everything. And then we're like, yep. All right. They're so pissed. It's like <laughs> the real life version of what the Seth Rogen movie with, uh, yeah. The second front. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Neighbors. Oh yeah. 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 Well, the, I think the first time you jumped naked through a shattered window, they probably had that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, regrets. <laughs> That was, that was, that was such a bad phone call. I tell my mom everything. So like I told her like straight up what happened. So I guess she won't be that. She's just, yeah, she won't be too happy that I just told that to everybody. (laughs) Uh, my parents know that this podcast exists in the sense that my dad's like, yeah, I tried to listen to one episode. It was fine. I guess. (laughs) I don't think it's their cup of tea. (laughs) Last but not least, since you're deep in the heart of Patriots territory. Oh, jeez. Eagles won the Super Bowl. They did. They did. That was that was so exciting. I was uh, I was in Tallahassee, Florida, um, with with Johnny and Graham Crawford uh, at Kyle Merber's retreat house, um, and uh, Johnny was a Patriots fan, and like I, I was, I was ecstatic. I mean, just what it did for that city and everything. It was amazing. I went to I went to a game um, over Christmas with my friends, and that was an absolute riot to be there for a journey. So I like to, I like to think that I was a part of a part of the process for sure. <laughs> you definitely made it happen. Yeah. Did you go to the parade after? Uh, I wish, I wish I, uh, you like, definitely I, like, 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 Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I, like I said before, I'm, I'm trying to take this whole running thing a lot more serious now. So <laughs> going to the parade was serious. I did call my dad and I was like, so are you going to buy me a plane ticket? Like what, what are we doing here? Like, and then, and then I was like, no, no, like this is the old Parsoni. Like that, that is in my past. Like I can watch the barstool sports videos and be done with it. Live vicariously through. Exactly. Dreams like, living vicariously. Literally, all my friends went. Literally, all my friends went sending me pictures of them like yelling like at Jason Kelsey and all the players like trying to throw beers at their truck like their buses when they went by and everything. So that was pretty epic. But I'm glad they experienced it. We'll get. It. I'll go. I'll, I'll go next year and I'll go for the Sixers parade too. Okay. <laughs> wow. Some, Some boisterous Philly fan. What do you expect? <laughs> Chavez, you got anything else before we wrap up? Um, I think that might be it. I guess like you mentioned him a while ago. Geiger. What's mm-hmm. your funniest Geiger story that you have? Everyone, I feel like every NC State person. Has oh one. yeah, for sure. Um, man, my first. I'll tell you like my first story. My my first like impression of Geiger aside from like recruiting was like we were at this like team retreat and. Uh, some kid on our team, like, uh, last, like his name's Matt Schick. Um, so you know, I'm going with it already. Uh, he like jumped in a pool and like, he was like 
oh man, this water tastes like shit. And then, uh, and Geiger was like behind him and I was like, oh no, oh no. He like, he like cursed in front of Geiger. Like Geiger's like, Geiger's like an older guy, like nothing, nothing but respect. You know what I mean? Uh, so like cursing is like not an okay thing I thought. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, Matt, like you wouldn't know what shit tastes like, wouldn't you? <laughs> and like, that's like, that's the type of guy Geiger is like, he's like a funny loving guy. So that was, a. Uh, yeah, you're safe. I love that guy. He's not gonna listen to this. He doesn't listen to uh, this. Guy. No way. No way. <laughs> I've I've like texted him like, yeah. If you get a call from Geiger, um, like if he calls you to like check up on you, which which he does all the time to, for alumni, like you are 100 percent done with butt calls for the next like week if you're on like the top of his list <laughs> because like you'll get voice long voicemails. Oh, oh, I actually have a better Geiger story. I just remembered. <laughs> we got time. Let's hear it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, so like he calls me one night um, after like going to like a wedding. So like he definitely had his fair share of wine that night. And he was like going back to his car and he was like, and he called me. I don't know why he decided to like call like me, like his, like his runner, you know? Um, and he was like, he was like, Parsons, you know, Parsons, you know what they did? You know what they did? And, and I was like, what? And he's like, they took my truck. They took, they took my truck. And I was like, oh, you're right, coach. Like you need to be picked up or something. He's like, no, 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 no. So, like, Geiger, like, had this, like, big red truck that, like, NC State, like, gave him. Like, all the coaches at NC State have, like, sweet cars. And, like, he loved the truck because, like, he didn't need keys for it. He could just plug in, like, the numbers and, like, uh, like press the button to, like, start his car. But, like, he, like, just basically never had to deal with keys ever. So, like, then he got, like, a new car and he, like, lost his keys at the wedding. And he just, like, was calling me intoxicated and was like, I lost my truck. And he said lost my truck so many times. So, like... That just became like a long NC State joke. Like, dude, like you lost your truck. Like if something <laughs> happened, they got dropped in a workout or something. So lost your I truck. Love, I love that. I'm going to name this episode Lost My Truck. <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, in honor of the crossover nature of this episode, do you want to finish this off with your oh, uh, yeah. big three questions? Yeah. All right. So in uh, for all my guests, I asked three questions. So the first one is, uh, what's the meanest thing you've read about yourself on Let's Run? Um, I remember our team had like a big let's run like scandal after a guy on the team transferred, not Craig. Um, so like, or wait, no, what, uh, all right, let's not get into that. But coach Geyer told us like, never go on let's run. Like, I don't care what you do. So like, I've been really, really good about not going on let's run, but I just, I, I just post posted recently on my Instagram, like a roast roast Instagram or whatever. Like people could roast me and stuff. And like, like it was like it was like the like if anyone watched the office it was like Michael Scott like he like started saying stuff and then like like as it got later on like this like this like one kid was just like like he like he was like oh like when you like look back at like the Stanford results and like realize why are you why are you a professional runner or something and I was like shit dude <laughs> like like you went straight for my heart there man like. Uh, so I've never seen anything bad. I like that. I'm sure there's somewhere, but then I had to like true Michael Scott it and like swallow it and be like, yep, I asked for this. I asked for this. <laughs> like, it's okay. So it is, uh, Schwartz, I guess, uh, Tin Man, does he, yeah. do you think he goes to bat for you guys? Like on let's run? Like, Oh, coach Schwartz goes for bat for us for anything. <laughs> that dude has our back so much. Like he, he is, uh, like he's too nice of a guy. So like socially he's like, he like doesn't get it sometimes, you know what I mean? Like if you like make a joke or something about Tin Man and it's like not like, you're like kind of bashing a little bit, he'd be like, wait, 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 what, like, what'd you say? <laughs> he's like, won't pick up that it's like a joke. You're like, no, 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 coach, we're like joking, like he's joking, like it's all good. 
Um, but for sure, if, if, if anyone wants to say anything about Parsoni, you better be ready for the Tin Man heat. <laughs> Second I, question. Do I get to answer? Oh, yeah. All right. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I'm going to take a, also a slightly different uh, you know, track on this, which is that I am not fast enough to have anyone care about me on Let's Run, <laughs> except... Robert was my coach. Oh, yeah. And so Rojo, Robert Johnson, co-founder of Let's Run. Oh, wow. Um, uh, loves good-natured teasing, um, and I give it back to him just as bad as he gives it to me. But anything, anything I talk to Robert about comes back to, oh, you liberals. He's like, oh, uh, you liberals just, like, think you know everything. Like, so I'll just, like, you know, I'll be, like, something totally unrelated. Just be like, oh, Robert, like, who you got for like the boss marathon this week? And I'll be like, not Hillary, because she's going to jail. <laughs> wow. So that's that that and the fact that he would make he would put on Rush Limbaugh in the van on the way to races to oh, like, get me riled up. Like, wow. So anything uh, Robert has said, anything related, I love him to death. He's great, but he <laughs> he loves it. When I met his dad, who who was a prolific uh, figure in the first Bush administration, he goes. No, 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 stay back. It's the enemy. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, that's, that's Robert and my relationship in a nutshell. The second one is, uh, if you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history, it could be it's, it could be someone from outside of running. Don't pick, like, Steve Prefontaine. That's, like, the cheap answer. Yeah. Um, anywhere in the world, anyone from history, who would it be and where? Um, I'll go with a runner, since we're doing a runner podcast. Craig Mottram. If, any, if anyone listening does not know who Craig Mottram is or hasn't watched a Craig Mottram race, go on YouTube, go watch a Craig Mottram race. I would probably, yeah, I would try to, like, just crush mags with Mottram and, like, see if I could, like, hang with him on the hills and stuff. So, yeah, yeah for of- sure. He's the man. He's the, he's the big Mazunga. Like, the respect he had from, like, the Kenyans and the Ethiopians. Like, he took those guys to town in races. Like, and I think he's the fastest, like, clean white guy to run under 13. Like... Like, I think for wow. sure, like, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I've heard, like, some of his Flagstaff workouts, and it's just ridiculous. Unreal, dude. Like, that, guy, that guy is legend. Where would the run be? Is that Max? Oh, Max, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah probably somewhere in Colorado. I, I need that advantage, like, <laughs> know each turn and, like, when, when it's ending and stuff. David? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bill McChesney, who is, a, uh, is the current school record holder at the University of Oregon in the 5,000. It's not Chez, it's not Eric, it's Bill McChesney, um, who is the brother of my high school coach, Steve McChesney. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and he he tragically passed away uh, very young, and so um, I would love to run with him uh, and and hear all of the battled stories about my high school coach, but also they would do, I've seen pictures, um, the dunes, uh, out on the east coast of Oregon, mm-hmm. they would do hill sprints up the dunes on wow. sand as like speed workouts. So I, would, awesome. I think I would go on the dunes and run on the sand with Billy. That's mine. Epic. Last That's one. Such a good one. Is you get twenty five shots from half court. If you make one, you win twenty five million dollars. If you make none, you go to jail for twenty five years. Yeah. Would you attempt the shots? So we're listeners. We're listeners of. Both, both of your podcasts, The Tin Men Are, so... And we've done this. We've tried this. And Drew's answered it, too. Really? I think so, because Drew was like... Drew one said of the, he would take the shots. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the early episodes. Yeah. yeah, good, because I would take the shots, too, and I would make more than him um, in, in the 25. 
Have like, you tried? I, yeah, I have tried. Um, <laughs> Did you I make? don't understand how everyone says no. I would get in the gym. I would work my ass off. I would practice every day. I would put up 200 half court shots every day. And you I would get make, practice? And I would make my first, never, and I would make my first one. Yeah, I've and, never, then I, and then I would get all that money, and I wouldn't even think twice about it. I've never posed like the hypothetical, oh, yeah, you get to practice for it. But it's like, all right, so if there was no practice, you get thrown into a gym right now. I just think, yeah, well, I've been practicing, so <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Get me on the court. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, thank you. Maybe, like, PKs from half field. Like, I was yeah. a soccer player in high school, but not. Basketball has never been my forte. I've got a little scoop here. And it hasn't been anywhere yet, because uh, I guess like it, I, I don't, I didn't promise anything, but until after Monday's race, uh, Molly Huddle, who was like one of the early guests of the podcast, she's gonna win. Uh, that's my pick to win too. Um, we'll talk about that on the video. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she also listens to the City Smack podcast. She's been on the show. She gets the question. Uh, she hears the question all the time. Yeah. And she answered yes. She used to play high school basketball. So one day, as she's training for Boston in this block, she, I asked her, like, what have you been doing in your free time? And she was like, well, you know, I've been you know, trying a bunch of recipes and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's great. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was a really kind of, like, okay answer. And then she was, I was going to cut her off, and then she said, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I wanted to tell you that uh, I listened to the podcast, and I remember the question. So one day, as I'm doing nothing in Flagstaff or wherever it was in Arizona, so I went to the gym, no one was around, and I decided to give it a try for 25 shots. 25 straight. And she was like, and it took me like 10 and I made it. And yeah. so she was like, so yes, I would take the shots. Keyword here, no one was around. <laughs> no one was around. I, think I believe highly, I think it's highly like, like, I know it sounds hard, like maybe the pressure would get to you if you like actually were going to prison, but like, it's not that hard to like, just chuck a, like, a basketball up in the air and it like go in. Like, yeah, like Samad done it. You have the backboard, like, come on. Come Take on, that into consideration. Just aim for the box in the back. Yeah. No comment on that. <laughs> um, we have uh, shamelessly copied Sidious, and we have three questions of our own, our big three. <laughs> um, so the first one is, who is your Instagram crush right now? Who or what? Doesn't have to be a person, doesn't have to be like a typical crush, but what are you feeling on the gram right now? Well, do do I have to answer these too? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. Oh. Um... So if it's an Instagram crush, it's like, like, if you call it Instagram crush, you got to be someone like you're crushing on, right? Not necessarily. We've had dogs is okay. like an answer, like okay. hashtags, yeah. like people get creative with it. Um, like OG Eric Jenkins stuff is hilarious. <laughs> That's true. Like if you go back and look at some of Eric Jenkins, like OG stuff is hilarious. So probably, probably him. Go, go look at his old posts before he was contracted by Nike. <laughs> Um, for me, I guess like I'll go. Can I go like the opposite? It was like someone who was an Instagram crush, and then all of a sudden, just like recently, it's changed. Okay. I don't. I don't have like a. I haven't settled on a new crush, but uh, so SI swimsuit. Like we've got some great models, and so Alexis Ren. I'm not sure. You probably mm-hmm. might know the name. Uh, <laughs> like thanks. Yeah. No, I'm not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Two million or something followers or whatever, and so. Um, she she was in the swimsuit issue this year. She's the first ever, I guess, like Instagram model to make uh, this, uh, the actual like swimsuit issue. And so when they were talking about this in the office, I was like, oh but yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And they're like, of course you are, Chris. You're 24 years old. It's like, and so um, so then all of a sudden they were like, oh, she's gonna be at the 
at the launch party and then at the, at the after party. And so for me, I got to go to the after party, but I had to be a bouncer at the door for the first hour. Nice. And then I could sneak in. So I did that. And then as I was being the bouncer, Alexis Wren walks in and I wanted, but she walked in with like a pack of people. I wanted to be the bouncer because I had a checklist of people who can come into the party or not. And with someone with 2 million followers, like you, like it'd be pretty cool to be like, who are you? And just seeing yeah. like what their reaction was. But she got in with a pack and five minutes later walked out. So it was like, that was it. That's all that uh, we, that our cosmos crossed for like five, Beautiful. F- five minutes. And that was it. Uh, like, and so like, someone's a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Um, I now I I have do this. This is my second of four podcasts. Yeah, no, this is not fair. You get you get you. I actually, you get, you get a bunch of crushes. Really too. like your Instagram. You have a good gram, oh, Sam. Thank you. Um, man. But uh, I, I guess since I mentioned it already earlier, Tommy Curtin has a great Instagram. <laughs> you got Tuesday, yeah. you got Ratter Day, you got Trap Curls. Today's so, photo, I guess, from the from the start line race. That was great. pretty funny. Dude, Just, funny, funny, quick story about Stu. So just Tuesday, that guy. So in our like the first NCAA cross country championships, we qualified too, was because of Stu like collapsing with a hundred to go, <laughs> and on the inside of our NCAA rings, we wrote "Thanks, Stu." Oh, engraved in our so Stu is a legend for all us <laughs> NC State guys in that class. So shout out Stu. That's, I just, that's amazing. I that's just, great. I met uh, I met Lily Burden after my Stanford race at dinner. So she's also an Instagram crush right now too. <laughs> she's pretty cool. Yeah, like her. yeah, she was so nice. All right. Uh, the next one is your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. Yeah. Easy. You gotta go. Easy. Um, I've done it. I've done it before. It might be generic. Mr. Brightside, I, I did it in Portland with all my ideas, guys, and I got really into it, like jumping on the tables and stuff, and they told me to get down. So if you're gonna do Mr. Brightside, you better own it and like really grab that mic and embrace it, so. That's a good one, I like that. Yeah, I have a video of me singing Mr. Brightside in, in nice. the streets of Berlin, yeah. uh, like at like two o'clock in the morning with like a, a couple like British people I met and like a Canadian girl, and it was just like two o'clock in the morning. Brightside's a great one. Um, I've done, well, after the Tracktown Summer Series, I figured you would go with, uh, what is it, Wagon Wheel. Yeah. That's, that's a safe that's, bet. That's Moran's. It's a crowd exactly. Maybe yeah. at Fifth Ave this year. Um, I guess. Yeah, I got to do my research. I did I did Longest Time by Billy Joel um, okay. at, at Fifth Ave. Um, Total Eclipse of the Heart, it might be the other, the other option. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going with uh, same era, uh, maybe even a little before Mr. Brightside. But I was, it came on in the car today, and I was like, "This song is a fucking jam." Say <laughs> la vie by B Star Witch. Wow, um, I had no idea what that oh, is. So you want to sing a little? You, wanna you would recognize it if you heard it. Come on, it's come like. On. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> say you will, say you won't. Oh yeah, say that's you'll right. Do what I want. Yeah. Nope. You'll love it. Um, I'm glad I'm going to introduce it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finally, your death row meal. One more meal before you go to the chair. What do you do? Um, everyone says pizza. Everyone uh, says pizza. That's so boring. You can have pizza whenever you want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, probably, probably something in Raleigh. There's such good food in Raleigh. Um, there's this place called Med that like Ryan Hill like really started on the team. That's like just it's like Mediterranean food and it's the bomb. I probably like want to like go to uh, La Carreta, which is like a Mexican place and like drink a bunch of bunch of water with my friends and then get some uh, 
Yeah, get some med. <laughs> uh, I guess I spent like four years in Wisconsin, and so like cheese curds were a big thing out there. Oh. Um, and like ever since, I've, ever, I've craved cheese curds for a long time, and I feel like that might be my pick. It's like, I guess the lame answer would be like, oh, we'll have a slice of New York pizza, but it's like, no. Yeah. Cheese curds. Yeah, cheese I wasn't, wasn't going to say full Philly cheese. Or, or just something. like straight curds. No, just like the cheese curds, yeah, like breaded. Like sometimes Straight throw some <laughs> cheese on top, yeah. Well, I, I'll go a Philly one since you didn't. Not cheesesteaks, although cheesesteaks okay. are good. But uh, there's what? there's an ice cream place in Old City yeah. that has like very interesting ice cream flavors. And they had it one time. It was a limited time flavor, and it was so good that they never had it again. It was graham cracker flavored ice cream. Wow. And like I don't know why, but it was like <laughs> one of the best things I've ever had. It was so good. I can't remember what the place is called, but it's like on First and Market. So. Yeah. Go there, figure what, it out. What's the best cheese cre- uh, cheesesteaks in uh, Philly, in your opinion? Um, Jim's, easy. Do you go Wiz? Pat's, no, Pat's and Gino's is Wiz. Like, that's like for people who come in and like get a cheesesteak. Like, Jim's is like, you get the peppers, onions, like, like they do it right. It's And it's not cheese Wiz. Like, how is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, Sam, thank you for being on. Chris, thank you for crossing over with us. I'll always uh, cross streams, David. Well, <laughs> what a great finish. I really have to peak so we've been recording for an hour. So, in keeping with that theme, uh, this has been a kiddiest run your mouth ever. Uh, drink Morton. And, uh, <laughs> yes. buy, uh, Marathon Mile or whatever it's called, clothing. Yeah, Mercury Mile. Mercury and, Mile. And Morton, yeah. A lot yep. of good stuff with those guys. And go check out Tim Man Elite on Instagram. Tim Man Elite, baby. Plugged. They're on the up and up. All right. Take Thanks, care, guys. guys.